Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Um, 
However, wherever else we are, we are, we are, we are. We're glad that you are with us. So we're all about sowing seeds of life and liberation through Christ and informing, you know, having a little fun while informing you about some critical things that I think we need uh, need to talk about and address and things of that nature. So we're glad that you joined us today. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. By this time next week, I will be one year older. Yeah, yeah. This time next week, my birthday falls on Memorial Day this week, this year. I, you know, I'll, I, I'm glad that I'm a bay baby, summer baby, however you want to put it. I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm one of them spoiled. When I, I'm trying to figure out what to do exactly for my birthday. It's kind of a dilemma, you know, being that it's Memorial Day. Of course, there's always going to be cookouts. I, I mean, I may make the rounds of a cookout, you know, and, and go against my doctor's orders and eat just too doggone much. I'm prepared for that already, but you know I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting away just just for a moment, you know, just kind kind of get away, have a little retreat, um, you know, time alone, and, and yeah, just uh, delve in the nuance of approaching forty. <laughs> I, I you know, it, it seems like like, like the older I'm getting, uh, that the that the time. How can I put it? You, you become more aware of, of time and realize that uh, 40, 50, 60 isn't that far away and you're still kind of productive and you realize you still have that short amount of time, you know, a couple of decades to get you, your, 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 to stay young and fruitful. I, of course, you know, some of my members, I'm learning from some of my members there. I have members in their 80s and uh, members of the church who are in, in their 80s. 80s and they're just as active as you can and I kind of envy them because they do it and I'm like man can I do it you know I put that block on myself so my goal going into my 37th year of life is to take the holes off you know the restrictions that I placed on myself to uh and it's not a resolution you know not not so much a resolution as just an action plan to to be more proactive in life when it comes to fulfillment so hey you know and one of the ways I plan to do that is get my behind off, the, uh, get out, you know, get out, work out a little bit more. Of course, I go to the gym more now than I did before, and uh, there's several reasons in that. But you know, uh, but you know, still could be a whole lot more. So, so, uh, so those of you who want to send birthday gifts, you can send birthday gifts. <laughs> Shoot me an email and I will get you the information on how to get how to get me a card or a present or some money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if you want to send birthday wishes, uh, you can do it on my Facebook page. I do have a Facebook page and, and of course I know a lot of people are gonna do that because it's gonna show my birthday, you know, today's birthday. But uh but you know, you can send me inbox me, email me, uh I'm not being selfish, am I? Asking too much. Now, if you really want to get down and dirty and send me cards and money, yeah, I, yeah. hit me in an email. I'll get that to you, too. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. I digress. There's a lot I want to talk about. A couple of news stories I want to hit first before we get into the topic. Uh, today's topic is uh, spiritual stability. And uh, the reason I'm doing on this, uh, I'm talking on this subject is because I've been teaching on this subject for the past few weeks at the church, and it's been very productive. I've been getting a good feedback um, from that, and I, as I shared on the show several weeks ago, I've, I've been uh, developing a personal uh, spiritual program, it's, and it's part of the class that I was taking, yeah, part of my doctoral program, and um, it, it, it's been really challenging. And it's been really enlightening about something, illuminating uh, regarding some things myself. Uh, and add to that scripture and you see some things, uh, I guess you can say prophetically, that is going on. And I, I thought I'd, I'd address that uh, first to my myself, you know, first as my in my personal time and, and then as with my church, uh, help us discern the time. So that's why we're going to be talking a little bit about this, uh, spiritual stability. And I have a couple of clips that from preachers that and and, and 
uh, I'm saying this early, kind of jumping ahead, but I believe we as Christians have contributed more to the spiritual instability in our culture today, in our society, in the contemporary church today, than uh, anyone in the world could do. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, of course, later on. But first, let's get to some news here. Uh, I am grieved today. I am grieved today. <sighs> the inventor of the television remote control, Mr. Eugene Polly, has died at the age of 96. Uh, I am grieved today because the most essential man tool of all time, this man created, Eugene Polly, the ultimate man tool. Aside from the toolbox, the only other thing that a man requires in his hand is the remote control to the television. So I salute and celebrate the life of, of Dr. Polly, who invented the, uh, what was it called, uh, Flashmatic, yeah. He invented the Flashmatic for Zenith back in the uh, 50s, somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, 50, 55. I'm, I'm pulling it up on the screen. I, I thought I had it up. Uh, I'm putting it up uh the web story on CNN. So, uh, you know, you could go read the story on CNN.com if you like. But uh, he invented the um, the initial television remote, and, and and I've seen it. I I went to a museum and they had a, a the, one of the first television, and I watched the History Channel. And, uh, you know they you know, they they show all kinds of tech shows, and one of the shows they talked about the, uh, the invention, of, uh, the evolution of the television and the television remote, and you know it, it was like a little. Flash, <laughs> like a ray gun, it, it shot off a, an electrical light, and, and, and of course, it, it, you could see the light, it blew, you know, it shined a little red, and, and I still do that. I still get fascinated by my remote control, and, you know, you can't see the light, you, you just, you know, you just, I don't know, I'm a big kid when it comes to it. I, you know, I have a bad habit, uh, like most men, you know. When I'm sitting down watching television, that remote control is right there by me, uh, literally. You know, and, and one time I slept because I slept. I used to sleep with the TV on. Uh, well, I'm trying to get out of the habit of sleeping with the TV on, and that that remote would be in the bed right beside me, and I had to cuddle like it was a baby, or baby doll. Also, I know I'm sad. Y'all talk about me. I don't care. <laughs> But it was a little flash gun like thing, the original one, you know, and you just kind of pull the trigger and change the channel. It was awesome, you know. It was awesome. It was it was uh like it felt like you were Flash Gordon with a laser gun. Pew pew. Uh, anyway, so all right, y'all talk about me all you want to, but it it wasn't wireless, uh, or was it wireless? It was wireless. Yeah, it was wireless. So yeah, yeah, he 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 did more than just that just uh, invented uh, wired wired control. He invented the wireless. Cool. I d- didn't realize that. But it, he has passed, and uh, and so we, you know, we owe all our modern contraptions uh, to him. And you, you know what's amazing? Like I have this universal remote control for television, DVD, and all that stuff. But I remember before that came available, it, it was it was crazy. We had like five different five different re- remote control. We had one for the VCR. Um, uh, when I was a kid, you know, we had one for the TV, one for the VCR, and there was one for the stereo. It was a uh, stereo and had a set player back in the day and you know and then of course by the time i got on my own you know i had the slew of them because you had one for the tv one for the cable because <laughs> you had to use a separate separate remote for the cable and then one for the vcr vcr dvd and you know i have like five or six different remotes and you have to turn one on turn on <laughs> got ridiculous thank god for a person who made that you know universal remote and you know i i tend to lose remotes too i know okay let me stop rambling yeah i know y'all tired of me rambling i but yeah i just wanted to share i thought it was cool anyway if you want to if you want to give an ode to your remote control in celebration of the life of 
the wonderful inventor, Mr. Polly, then you may do so. Call 347-237-5230 for your ode to the remote. <laughs> All right, I got one more thing, uh, two more things. I want to, uh, want to, two more news stories I want to talk about. First, uh, I, I don't know if those of you who have been listening, uh, watching the news, you heard about the riots that was, happened here in the uh, uh, local jail a local prison, privately run prison here in, in uh, Mississippi, right outside of Natchez, Mississippi, and not too far from uh, uh, where I am in Jackson. But anyway, so there was a there was a, a riot, prison riot broke out and and uh, led to the injury of several uh, several dozen inmates and um, uh, I think about fifteen or sixteen. Uh, prison guards and eventually led to uh, the death of one prison guard. So we're praying for the family of that uh, that prison guard and we're praying also for the prisoners uh, neglecting the injustice because uh, it's been, it was reported that uh, uh, a great majority of the prison population are illegal immigrants. And uh, being that it is a private, private prison uh, that there's some issues that's going on, you know, as as far as that. And it's kind of ironic because last week in the show I talked about Louisiana having the world's highest prison population, you know, the prison capital of the world, and most of these prisons are uh, private prisons, for-profit prisons run by local sheriffs, you know, as a means of making money to support, uh, you know, and whatever. And, and the laws re- reenact, re- basically reinforce the need um, for them, you know, because they create the law, they create laws, uh, you know, sentences, right? Some cases. So, um, and, and, and to have it, to have, you know, that brought into question the, the for-profit prison system. And, and I didn't realize uh, a lot of these prisons are for profits for a while. I, I did not realize that until I, l- I learned uh, about it. And, of course, you know, uh, like I said, the unjust sentencing for minorities reflects that. And in, in it, it's calling back some other things that we don't care to uh, want to get into right now. But, you, you know, y'all know what it, what it is. But it's just amazing. It's just it's it just. It, I did this story on the prisons last weekend. <laughs> a few days later, there's a prison riot here in Mississippi. Did I incite that prison riot? Hmm. Did I do that? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. If you say I did, oh well. No, I didn't. I I don't believe I did. I don't think I had anything to do with that. But it's just interesting. I, I just pointed that that correlation. I. Yeah. And anyway. So, but I, I, that's an interesting story. It's it's going to I, I think it's going to cause some kind of shift in the way we uh, the prison system and, and as as most people put, it, especially those who are socially social justice activists, um, uh, they'll talk about the unjust justice system that's going on, and we're seeing that. And the last thing I want to talk about the interesting thing, and I know people are tired of this, but there's been an interesting twist in. The Trayvon, Trayvon Martin case, where as uh, more evidence is coming out, uh, we'll begin to see uh, the full, the fuller picture of uh, what could have happened, uh, what may have happened, as when witnesses are, re- you know, um, recanting their original statements and saying things that are uh, are, are basically um, leaning toward Zimmerman, and it's interesting. It is interesting because again, uh, everyone knows the initial, the initial rant, the initial uh, disgust with the with the case all came from flawed information. The information that presented through the media was one of of this guy uh, just stalked this young man and killed him, cold blooded, without any you know just. Just killed him just because uh, he was afraid that this young man was part of those groups of young men who had been uh, terrorizing their gated community, right? And what is happening now, we're finding more and more, um, and and actually is being is going backwards. 
things that are happening now should have happened, should have come to light, you know, initially. And we wouldn't have had all these rallies for Trayvon you know, and uh, Congressman uh, Bobby Rich wearing hoodie <laughs> on the, uh, the floors of the Congress or all these other preachers, you know, and all these other things going on. And I'm not knocking that. That did that had that had its place to bring awareness to uh, the social injustice against young black boys and the imagery uh, presented uh, by uh, the image presented uh, to the mainstream audience or um, about young black men. So yeah, yeah, that that that, that was necessary. But what we come to discover is that what we come to discover is that. Um, we were quick to judge, quick judge, quick, quick, quick to judge, and I believe Paul wrote in 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 his gospel, um, not his gospel, in his epistle to the Corinthian church, um, in chapter four says, uh, don't judge anything before it's time, and and we 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 find ourselves doing so, and as more information comes out, we are discovering a different realm of the uh what could have been and we, we realized we as a public we judged too harshly including myself and the prosecutor judged too harshly in putting out a a um a charge of uh a, a murder second degree murder when I, we all under i mean Anyone know that at the very least the charge should have been an aggravated manslaughter charge, not second degree murder, because we're learning that it was not uh, intentional, it was not um, premeditated or anything of that nature. We're learning it was. There's several other things. So I, I'd like to hear what you think about that. If you care to share your thoughts on any of those things that I talked about, the remote, the prison, uh, prison riot, or um, the Trayvon. Uh, anything that you want to talk about, we, we'll get into that if, if uh, you so desire. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back after the break, we'll talk about – we'll get into our subject uh, topic of uh, spirituality. So we'll be back right after this. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Good morning, freedom. Hello, adventure. Today is yours. To find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength. To chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility. Making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. Lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours. To go find your power. And where you'll find it is within. Hey, family and friends, if you're in the Jackson area this weekend, I'd like to take the time to invite you to come out to a Community Health, Health Family Friends Day weekend, uh, sponsored by my church, New Bethel AME Church. Um, on Saturday from 9 to noon, we'll be having a free, and I, I do mean absolutely free, Screenings for all kinds of health, uh, blood pressure, glucose, dental checks, eye exams, weight checks, whatever you need. Uh, we're going to be able to offer that free. And we'll also be having safety demonstrations with the local fire department, 
police and other community organizations and service organizations that will there be there. So I want to take the time to invite you. That's this weekend, Saturday, May 26th, from 9 to 12. And on following up, you come back on that Sunday afternoon when we have our annual Family Friends Day at the church. And I don't, pro- 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 I don't provoke the church that much, but if you're there, we want you to come out and, and join us. That's New Bethel AME Church, 2202 Decatur Street, Jackson, Mississippi. If you need any more information, just give us a call, 601-355-8017. Family and Friends Community Health Fair. Come on out and have fun. Have fun. I'm looking forward to it. So you can join us, too. All right. When mucus piles up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. That you with a mud, mop the floor, with so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this trippy. You have the magic Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion, and only Mucinex is a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <laughs> What about my Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. can push muddy water around. Swiffer WetJet's new upgraded solution helps prevent streaks and residue to reveal more shine than a mop or your money back. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen who need to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Right, welcome back to Zero Today. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, whatever time of day it is. We welcome you today. Glad that you joined us again. If you want to get information, uh, uh, information about our family, uh, family and friends uh, community day health celebration at New Bethel Church, uh, just simply call the church office six zero one three five five eight zero one seven. They'll get it, give you all the information that you need. I, I I really want you all to come. It's it's going to be a wonderful time. We've had a wonderful time planning it and putting it together. And it is is you know I'm looking for that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just looking. They got to have the, the the space jumps. You know I, I'm going to get on it for the kids. I know it's for the kids, but hey, I'm gonna be a grown man jumping up and down on the space jump after I, I'm getting all my you know getting all my vitals checked. I sure do need to see the eye doctor because I broke my glasses and you know it'd be going it'd be cheaper for me to get an eye exam there and then send it over to the guy. <laughs> I'm wrong for that, but <laughs> they're gonna be there. So if you're in the Jackson Metro area anyway. <laughs> 
come on down Saturday, this Saturday. Uh, it will be on the grounds of the New Bethel Church, and we're inviting you to come to our community health fair, uh, wellness fair, safety fair, all of that. So come and bring the kids. It's going to be good food, uh, good fun, and, um, you know, you can get you can get screened and checked. And I, I advise you to do that. And, and I'm going to put in the plug here. I talk about I talked about I talk about uh, health and and I'm working toward a healthier life. I'm, I'm a diabetic, so this is one of the things that we're doing to empower the community. And uh, I I think it's a great thing. I know a lot of people uh, are rather reluctant and to do so, but hey, go get checked, get screened, STDs, get get checked. You know your body is God's temple, so you need to take care of that. And I encourage you to do all of that. So anyway. I digress. So let's get into our topic today. I'm um, talking today about spiritual stability. Um, and when I, when I talk about spiritual stability, I'm not just talking about staying at a church. And I want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not talking about staying with a particular denomination or affiliation, you know, faith affiliation. I'm, I'm not talking about that at all. I, I, when I'm talking about spiritual stability, I'm talking about being rooted and in, 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 in grounded in the ultimate. That which is a uh, ultimately concerns you. I I think when you're rooted and grounded in the ultimate, uh, there is no swaying that can occur. What do I mean by the ultimate? Yes, by the ultimate I do mean God. I mean God in the fullness and as, as we believed in Trinity, the persons, uh, the Spirit, persons of the Son, the persons of the Father, um, and in working together, not separately, working together cohesively. In the moment of our lives, every day of our lives, they intricately are involved and acquainted with our affairs and in such so way such way that they are we should be in tune with the divine, the sacred, and uh, aware of that. So, and yes, I use those words. And I, it was interesting. Uh, this weekend we had uh, we hosted. Uh, the gathering of sons and daughters for Apostle Adrian Williams uh, and the um, Embassy uh, Faith Assemblies, NFC, Embassy International Assemblies, uh, um, and their their convocation. She was consecrated to an apostolic bishop. It, it was wonderful. It was long <laughs> service, but it was wonderful. Wonderful, and I, I want to publicly again congratulate uh, Apostle Adrian Williams. She's been on the show. Um, she has a wonderful ministry, United Nations International Ministry, uh, something to that effect. Uh, uh, School of the Prophets, she does, and she's a, a wonderfully anointed woman of God that um, is, is doing some good things. But anyway, um, doing that uh, ascension service, as they call it, uh, consecration. One of the things that was pointed out is, is uh, uh, embassy. Uh, one of the things was pointed out is that there's so many people turning and running away from um, denominational churches and becoming independent, and, and in doing so, there's no covering, and in, when there's no covering, uh, there's a great chance, a greater potential for uh, individuals, pastors in particular. To go into error, and when they go into error, bring their congregation with them. I, I, I think that's what we, I, I, I believe we are in that place, that time now, where there are greater errors in the body of Christ, and it is it is so because of the disjoint, the great disjoint, the great disconnect, um, as. Pastors seek to be independent, independent, but not interdependent. There's an independent uh, flow going on in the church, and there's no connection. Now there are a lot of loose fellowships and associations, and I'm not knocking those. Please, please understand, I'm not knocking those at all. It, some are necessary. Every denomination started off as a loose connection, a loose affiliation. Everyone, every the church. Uh, the church, the Catholic, the Holy Catholic Church, and by Holy, I'm not talking about Roman Catholic. I'm talking about the Church Universal. Started out that way. Even in first century, when you find the first century, the uh, in the Book of Acts, you read how they worshipped from house to house. They went from house to house. There was a loose conglomeration of individuals 
who had uh, uh, a centrist interest in the spreading of the gospel, making disciples as Christ has told them, go out and make disciples, baptize. And these this group did that, and and that was you know as it spread further under the leadership of Paul, Silas, John, Mark, and um, Barnabas. And other missionaries that went abroad during that time, but those are the ones that are listed primarily in the New Testament in, in, in Acts in church history. Those those evangelists, those they went out. They were church planters, missionaries. They went out into the Gentile nations and discipled and do, did all. And, and the churches that we know now uh, that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, the church at uh, Corinth, the church at Philippi, those were loose conglomerations that eventually became church. You know, so so yeah. Every every everyone has that. But what's happening is right. What's what's happening right now is, as I said earlier, there there's 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 no connection, only affiliation, and there's a difference between connection, being connected, and being affiliated, and, and, and uh, because being connected, there's a shared identity, there's a shared value, there's a shared praxis, and 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 being affiliated, there's not quite a shared, but there's an observed practice culture and there's a difference between sharing and observing because you can be affiliated with a group observe what they do and recognize that, okay yeah they're doing that but i don't have to do it the way they do it and and that's what's going on in the church right now and that's contributing a great deal to the spiritual instability that we're i wish i had some i, I i'm almost feeling like preaching right now <laughs> But that that is really contributing. That that there's no sense, and there's not a, an awareness of the unity that Paul writes about um, in Ephesians. And you can go back in Ephesians chapter four, and he, he when he talks about uh, the need for us to understand that there's one baptism, one faith, one Lord, one God, and, and and you know, and all of that, and that God saw fit to bring us together, so we will no longer be as children tossed about by every wave of doctrine. And in doing so, he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, some pastors, and some teaching for the building up and all of the, you know, I'm not going to quote that directly, but it's Ephesians. Ephesians, um, uh, just read the whole chapter four. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, but we if we're in there, and then to counter that, we find Paul's writing to Timothy, or the author of Timothy, uh, and I say the author because First um, Timothy authorship has been challenged in the last, uh, you know, by scholars as, as not having been authored by Paul, but pseudo authored by someone writing in the style of Paul. So that that's your theological nugget. <laughs> um, that's your deal. You know, you can chew on that for a moment. But in First Timothy four, what we find is that it was expected, uh, at least from the from the author's perspective, perspective when writing the letter, that in the the latter days, the last times, the end days, that it was expected some would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, uh, doctrines of devils. I think is what it says, uh, speaking lies, um, being hypocritical. Um, the conscience, uh, not their consciousness, but their conscience, uh, the their sense of right and wrong, their sense of being and non-being as it relates to uh, relationship with Christ, uh, that would be seared with a hot iron, and and uh, it goes on to say some other things um, about I think marriage. I'm not pulling that up. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to. Um, trying to teach. I'm, I'm. I'm just trying to put this in the context of uh, the the what I'm talking about as far as the loose associations uh, and the connection. And that's what we're seeing here. And I believe we're contributing. I have two clips I want to play to to kind of show this the display. What I'm talking about. Give you a, give you an idea of how far we've gotten away from the first clip. In, it's in light of the, um, I, I guess this preacher, um, the preacher was talking, you know, in regard to uh, 
uh, oh, President Obama's affirmation of same-sex marriage. And this preacher, pastor, um, pastor of Providence Road Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Charles Worley, um, as, as a church in, in North Carolina, and he plays, he he, he talks uh, really, he, he does great injustice. It's borderline hate speech for me. So I'm gonna play this comment and I, I, his comments regarding um, homosexuals and what he would do, and we'll we'll, have, we'll come back and have some commentary. And I, uh, again, we're talking in light of how this contributes to spiritual instability. So uh, this is uh, Pastor Worley. Uh, of our president getting up and saying that it was all right for two women to marry or two men to marry. I tell you right now, I was disappointed bad, uh, but I tell you right there, as sorry as you can get, the Bible's against it, God's against it, I'm against it, and if you've got any sense, you're against it. I had a way, I figured a way out, a way to get rid of all the lesbians and queers, but I couldn't get it past the Congress. Build a great, big, large fence, 150 or 100 mile long, put all the lesbians in there, fly over and drop some food. Do the same thing with the queers and the homosexuals and have that fence electrified till they can't get out feed them and, and you know what in a few years they'll die out do you know why they can't reproduce if a man ever has a young and praise God he'll be the first one. all of these you can just well to amen I'm going to preach the hell out of all of us hey I, I tell you right now Somebody said, who are you going to vote for? I ain't going to vote for a baby killer and a homosexual lover. You said, did you mean to say that? You better believe I did. God have mercy. It makes me puking sick to think about. I don't even know whether you ought to say this in the pulpit or not. Could you imagine kissing some man? God, I love you, fellas. All right, that's Pastor Ch- uh, Worley, Worley, uh, Worley of the uh, Providence Road Baptist Church in uh, some place, North Carolina. I'm not going to give the place, but he, he can, you know. And again, this is his reaction to uh, President Obama's affirmation of same-sex marriage, and, and you hear the. You hear the insensitivity that's coming out. It, it, like I said, it, it borderlines hate speech, um, and I, I certainly don't condone, and, and no one should do it. But those who were amening, you know, it, they're 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 approaching it from a, 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 a perspective of fear, and that contributes a great deal. Uh, to the ins- the spiritual instability that people are uh, we are seeing today, because uh, for, you know from from um, largely from from the ni- late 19th century and up into the mid 20th century, that was the norm. Fundamentalists uh, talking things like the, the hellstone fire preaching, uh, and, I, and you know some people used to like to refer back to. Uh, um, Jonathan Edwards and um, his his sermon centers in the in the hands of an angry God, and you know those who read the text will understand the context of his message and God's grace. But for a long time, it's been preached that yeah, this God is angry at us because of our sin, and, and we have to put that in the context of judgment, justice, and love. And when you see judgment, justice, and love, and you you see God. The author of all of those, expressing all of those, and being the one who is just. And, and I go back to Paul's writing in First Corinthians four. Let me see if I, if I can pull that up real quick. First Corinthians four, and, and Paul, Paul, Paul is an awesome dude. Paul writes, he said, "I can't, 
I can't even judge myself because if I try to judge myself, I'm going to find it biased and 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 I, I missed the mark. But God is the one who judges, and and if God judges, He judges correctly, He judges fairly, because He is the one. Uh, who is the God of justice? And when you read through the Old Testament and you try to you try to consolate, uh, you try to like put the God of the Old Testament on with the, the Christ figure of the New Testament, and they seem not to be juxtaposed. Uh, juxtaposed, you seem like you can't juxtapose the two. But when you understand that they are one, the same, then you realize that Christ. The God of the old, uh, God Elohim, God Jehovah, Yahweh, God, whatever you want to call him in the Old Testament, uh, is the same as Christ who is coming back with a sword coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and Christ, while he, he, while he was here, said, I didn't come just to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. You know, there's be house divided, man, father against son, et cetera, et cetera. So, you, you know, that's there. But, um. It's uh, it's interesting that that kind of thing contribute that this kind of rhetoric is is prominent in the churches, you know, and and yes, there's the extreme side of the, the other side where there's the extreme talk of uh, the love of God and full acceptance of God, and um, I what I was saying is um, uh, where is it for? Uh, I know it's in First Corinthians four. Maybe I might be getting off. Um, well, it, anyway, I, I I can't remember the train of thought I was going on. Uh, so, but uh, it, it's just interesting that that when preachers don't take in consideration the full, the totality of God's personhood. Being a God of justice, a God of love, and a God of uh, judgment, uh, uh, and and we we only take one one feigned side of that, it, it contributes a great deal to the spiritual instability. Now on the flip side of that, when we get into a God that's just a little bit warped, <laughs> and we get into a, a spirituality that's a bit warped, we end up with preachers who just are weird. And here's a clip of a just weird preacher. This preacher's just weird. Uh, take a listen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oi, 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 oi. Yes, Lord. I've learned a, a quick prayer. I'll teach it to all you really quickly. Okie dokie, Lord. Okie dokie. Lord, I love your heavy, drunken glory. Lord, I love it. Lord, thank you, Father, for more of a heavy, weighty, drunken glory in this house today. Favorite little bit of you, Jesus. <laughs> Is the bliss... Is the joy, hoy, hoy, hoy. You know, Isaiah 35, it says, you will be overtaken by joy. That means taken over by joy. That means possessed by joy. Hoy, hoy, hoy. Oh, my Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Uh, sometimes the Lord, the, I used to have a teaching gift. <laughs> And I don't have a, a good gift of uh, getting struck mute in the middle of a service. But one of those few guest speakers who you invite in, and then you may not be able to speak. <laughs> huh. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Well, today, um, just invite, we just thank you, Lord. That, that we have these little fat friar tuck bartender angels that travel around with us, and they wheel in the barrels from heaven. Some healing angels that come, but let me tell you, these little fat friar tucks, they start yanking on your arms. You better watch out. You know, we need a little help around here. I think it's okay to talk about the angels in the church, amen? Yoing, yoing, yoing. Help. We need somebody. Help. I mean, if we think we can get, oh, just, let's just focus on Jesus. Don't talk about the angels. Let's focus on Jesus. Don't talk about human beings or animals or any other creature the Lord's created. <laughs> I think maybe we need to learn a little bit more about the spirit realm. What do you think? 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Whoa. Lord, I want to do it your way. I want to do it the highway. I want to do it the right way. I want to, I want it to get done. Oing, oing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, we just want to. <laughs> so, all I have to say, I mean, I like miracles. <laughs> we, were in, uh, we were in Cleveland, Ohio. The lady's plastic eye, glass eye, I don't know, artificial eye, she began to see through it. We were in San Diego, California. A guy with, I mean, we see deaf ears open up all the time, but this guy with no hole in his ear started to hear, right? And he still didn't have a hole in his ear. <laughs> he heard, but no hole. The hole didn't grow. He just got his hearing. Hearing with no parts. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I'm just going to tell you guys a few stories to whet your appetite. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was, uh, you know, how many of you guys know Jeff, have heard Jeff's bilocation story where he showed up two places at once? All right. Do you know throughout church history there have been many saints who show up more than one place at a time? Like you show up, two of you, two Johnnies, two Jeffs, right? So we've been pressing in for this for a while. Lord, we want to bilocate, levitate, levitate, you know, third heaven. Just give it all to me. I want everything, Lord God. I want everything from it. Just pour it out. Dump it on, you know, I want it. And so so we're, we've been pressing in for this for a while. I showed up in Ireland, although I was in Georgia. This just happened a few weeks. happened actually on my birthday in August. Why don't you just run over to your neighbor? I want you to find a drinking buddy. If you're sitting on the end of a row, you need to find a partner. Go so crawl over to somebody. If you can move. I need to reach over. I, I... All right, I got tired today. <laughs> uh, this guy was, like I said, just weird. And again, that contributes to the spiritual instability because people are... They have the itching ears, and they're, they're, you know, they're thinking, uh, well, church is supposed to be deep, and you know, you're supposed to have this mystical experience at church. And, and, and I am not, I'm not taking away from mystical experiences. Uh, uh, that uh, has contributed a great deal. Christ Himself had several mystical experiences where He got away, you know, and the transfigure. Transfiguration on the mountain was one of those mystical experiences that Peter, James, and John got to see, where he he was communing with uh, with uh, the two prophets there on the mountain. Um, and but you know, again, there are two extremes that I've showed you, and there is that middle ground. Is the question I'm asking? Yes, I, I believe there's a middle ground. The question is where do we find that so that we could grow. And 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 actually bring people to a full knowledge of God. There are a lot of people who have a zeal for God, but not after knowledge. That's what Paul writes in in Romans. And there's a lot of church pastors who are trying to fill that void by bringing in and incorporating things into uh, their ministry that is ungodly, that is worldly, that is uh, basically in some cases altogether blasphemous. And it it's contributing to the spiritual instability that we are seeing. And don't don't get it messed up. Don't get it messed up. This has nothing to do with the secular world. Secular world, as it the world itself, you know, they're they're finding Danny in their condition because they understand, they know that uh, they're choosing to go against God. They are their eyes are blinded by the God of this world, and Paul writes in Second Corinthians four that if our gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who the God of this world has blinded, and these people are intentionally blinded. They they don't want to hear the gospel. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about those just atheists or anything. I'm talking about even the people uh, who are who want to be Christian because they like the principles of Christianity. They, you know, they like the idea, as as President uh, President Obama said, they like the golden rule: do unto others as you would have, you know, do unto you. And and I, I said this, and I said this again. I, I think that was very, uh, very, uh, that was really out of context. It cannot be applied to uh, the way he was affirming his faith and as a firm as a means of affirming uh, same sex marriage. It can't be applied that way. That's, it wasn't intention. Intention that way, in in, in no way. Uh, but people who who I they like the ideals that Christianity present without all the other stuff. They don't have you know they they like the idea of loving your neighbor, 
Uh, they like the idea of um, sharing, visiting the sick, the prisons, and all that stuff. They like those ideas. They don't want all the other stuff. They don't want to feel the condemnation of sin, uh, the conviction of sin, rather, not the condemnation of sin, the conviction of sin. They don't want to have to answer the Christ as head and Lord. Uh, they only want to see him as this wonderful prophet who was a good teacher and not the son of God. And we have to, in this time, as as believers, we must stand firm in the faith. We must have our, our loins girded with the word of truth. We must have on the full armor because it's not just a battle that we're experiencing. It's not just a war. It is a, it's a culture. Uh, it's a it's a it's a spirit. It's principalities. It's darkness. And it's, and you know I'm not talking about the devil made me do it kind of darkness. Yeah, either is it's a darkness of not just evil versus good because that's an overall theme in every religion. And what Christianity does it takes that thing further. It's not just Evil try uh, got good triumphing over evil, uh, and that Christ's return is just you know just another good ending to a bad story. You you know to a, it's not that it's an eternal it's it's an eternal kingdom, two eternal kingdoms, one uh, of the God of this world, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Darkness. And Christ talks about Belial, his his demons, it is offspring, fallen angels. It's about the God of the universe who he's not warring against him. We're not warring against flesh and blood. We're warring against principalities, spirits, and all these high places and things of that nature. And it's not that God is not sovereign or anything of that nature, but what you're seeing is the undergirding of a a, a spirituality that is self-centered and not God Christ-centered, and and in doing so on both sides, where where we we're trying to get deep in the mystical God, as some do, um, you you probably know a lot of those who are so into the mystical side of the faith that they neglect the the very essential of uh, repentance and. And you know they get trying to get all the deep stuff, and then you have over there those who are over engaged in uh, the you know fire and brimstone, you know the the all that other stuff, and there's and it's causing it causing so much confusion, it's causing so much instability in the body of Christ, and we're not unified. We have the gifts. We have the gifts. We have we have the gift the what is come to be known as the fivefold. We have that. We have the gifts of the spirit. We and we have all of those things that are, should be in operation, but we're finding that they're in operation, not building the body. The arm is still trying to do his own thing. The eye is still trying to do his own thing. The head, well, Christ, he. He's not trying to do his own thing. He has already done the thing for everyone. But the toes, the feet, all that stuff, we, we, we're trying to do our own thing, and we have not come together as a body. And prophetically, we're in trouble. We really are. We are in deep need of some, uh, a spiritual renewal, and, um, spiritual stability. Uh, I didn't intend to get that far off into it. Uh, I just wanted to... Uh, I just wanted to bring to light the things, the situation that's going on. Uh, there's a there's a great deal of spiritual ability. Yesterday in my Bible study, we talked about uh, spiritual ability regards suffering, uh, regards to spiritual stability, going through things. And I'm not just talking about um, I'm not just talking about uh, troubles, temptations, and things of that nature. I'm talking about the reality of knowing that God has a preordained purpose. Well, he writes in Jeremiah, I know the thoughts of the plans that I have to you, thoughts of peace to give you an established end, uh, things of that nature. When we see the reality of, of his plans and his purpose, we begin to pursue him in that way. But because there's an instability spiritually, we are not pursuing him. We're pursuing personalities that are uh, <laughs> they're promoting themselves as him. And, and it's not working. Well, I'm out of time, and I want to say thanks for everybody who's listening. Uh, again, if you're in the Jackson area this weekend, we invite you to come by New Bethel Church and share with us and our family and friends weekend and health fair. And 
If you ever miss any episode, always can catch up any archive show uh, by going to Blog Talk Radio. And we just appreciate it. We've almost been doing this for two years now, and it's just a wonderful thing to know that we've been doing this. So we're just grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. So uh, we won't have a show next week because it's birthday time for me. <laughs> so we won't be on the air next week. Uh, we'll try to have something for you. But if not, we just appreciate you all together for your support, for everything that you do. We're glad. We appreciate it. And again, like the show, subscribe to the show, send us an email, visit the blog, whatever you do, however you do it, do it all to the glory and honor of God. Thank God. Praise God. See you again on the other side.